Greetings and welcome to The Well. I'm your host, Sean Barkley. Great to have you along today. Well, I was talking to a buddy of mine. He um, lives in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And as you probably know, I live in Cincinnati. And so this time of the year, wintertime, we experience much different weather from one another. And so I was sitting in a coffee shop, working on my Sunday sermon, looking out. It was pouring down rain, huge piles of snow, gloomy, dreary, and I asked him what he was up to, and he was sea kayaking on the intercoastal waterway there near his home and looking at dolphins. He was wearing shorts and flip-flops, and then he was going to take a ride in his Jeep with the top down, and I just did not really appreciate our conversation. And as we were talking, I was doing a little research and came across an article that just caught my eye about the signs of spring. And the author said, the signs of spring are apparent if you know what to look for. And so I read the article and it just caused me to think that, of course, the signs of spring are there, but we have to actually um, know what to look for and where to look and how to look and actively look. And it caused me to think about people I know, and myself included, who sometimes go through seasons of despair, uh, spiritual despair. And I'm not talking about seasonally affected depression or having a bad day or clinical depression. I mean, I'm not a therapist. I barely passed seminary to be a pastor. I'm talking about people who go through times of just spiritual despair where there is just this darkness and this emptiness, where when we look at the present and look at the future, we feel this bleakness that it's not going to get better. And we say, you know, why even bother getting out of bed? And to make matters worse, there's really nothing we can do about it. So if you are there or know someone who is there, let's talk about that in the next five or ten minutes. We're going to read out of the book of Lamentations. Now, Lamentations is a book in the Old Testament, if you're not familiar with it. It was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, To lament something is to have an expression of grief or sorrow. It's a passionate expression. And so the book of Lamentations is a passionate expression of sorrow and grief. And the reason it was written by Jeremiah is that he was going through a a time of great um, trial and great suffering. Israel had been conquered by the Babylonian Empire. Many of his family and friends had been taken away to Babylon as slaves. The temple that Solomon built was totally destroyed. Cultural life, religious life, it all was just down the tubes. And to make matters worse, the reason for this was because of Israel's rebellion and hard-heartedness against God. And so Jeremiah was one of the remaining survivors in Jerusalem. You know, some of the best and brightest, they had been taken away. His family had been taken away. And yet there he was. And, of course, the people in that remnant there in Jerusalem were thinking, okay, well, the, the, finally the worst is over. And Jeremiah, inspired by God, said to them, no, the worst isn't over. It's going to get worse. And, you know, people don't want to hear that. And so they did what a lot of us do when we get bad news. We shoot the messenger, and that's what they wanted to do. And so they scooped up Jeremiah, this prophet, and they threw him into a cistern. You can read it in Jer- Jeremiah 38, verse 6. And the cistern was not filled with water, but filled with mud. And he literally sank into the mud up to his armpits. So you think about the world's dirtiest jobs, like, you know, worm dung farmer. You know, that old show that was on Discovery Network. And, you know, shark suit tester and shark repellent tester and all these 
terrible sounding jobs dealing with sewers. Most of them deal with waste. <laughs> Jeremiah had what, what I would consider one of the world's dirtiest jobs. I mean, there he is up to his armpits in mud telling people bad news. And so in the midst of all his despair, here's how he saw his life. Here's what he wrote in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 3 of Lamentations. He wrote, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. He has led me, driven me, and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Can you just feel his despair there? I mean, the word driven in the Hebrew means to be herded like an animal with a rod or a whip. And so he's feeling like, you know, he's just been abused, less than human. And then he exclaims, there's no light. Everything is dark. There's no hope. Can you relate to that? Or know someone who might be able to, where you're just like, man, all I feel is just this spiritual despair and darkness. And then to make matters worse for Jeremiah. Remember, he's working for God, and he's in that terrible cistern, that pit. Here's what he says God has done to him. He says, God has aged my flesh and my skin. He has broken my bones. God has besieged me. God has surrounded me with bitterness and woe. God has set me in dark places. He has hedged me in so I cannot get out. He has made my chain heavy. And here is probably the worst, most depressing thing of all. Even when I cry and shout to God, He shuts out my prayer. And Jeremiah is expressing this amazing lament, this deep grief and sorrow. And so he writes this entire book about his plight. And so have you ever been there in your life? You know, I think what Jeremiah does eventually here is realize that these are his feelings. And they're not necessarily truths about God, but his feelings are real. And I gotta tell you all, I love this about God's Word. I mean, you'd think that God might have edited, edited this out of the Bible, but He didn't. You'd think God might have decided, you know, this isn't really how I want to be portrayed in my Word, but God didn't. I mean, you'd think that God would have said, this is not good marketing. I'm trying to enter into a relationship with humanity. It doesn't make any sense to have this terrible language about me in my Word that will last for eternity but he didn't. And you know, I am glad it's in there. Because God wants us to know that we are not alone in feelings of despair. We're not the only ones. He also wants us to know that we are not alone when we go through these times. And that you and I can honestly express our emotions to God. You see, I think that faith, and again, we talk about faith on this podcast, and having a relationship with Christ of trust and obedience Faith means that we are honest and real with God. I mean, that's why the life of faith, if you're thinking about entering into a relationship with Christ, it begins with the acknowledgement of our sin. So faith begins with acknowledging, this is my reality. And so that's exactly what Jeremiah is doing. He's acknowledging these terrible things that he's going through. And that's healthy. So if you're going through those things, understand there's an entire book of the Bible devoted to lamenting. God can handle it. God's got really, really broad shoulders. And so what does Jeremiah then do? After making his lament to God during this time of spiritual despair, he begins by remembering 
who God is. That is his first response to everything he's going through. Remember who God is. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21, 22, and 23. Jeremiah writes, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that incredible? This I call to mind. In the midst of looking at how bleak life was, thinking about his wife and children, the temple, everything he's ever known, totally destroyed, he makes a choice to call to mind what God has done, to call to mind the nature of God. I've got this author, I love to read his stuff. And he observes that when Jeremiah talks about calling something to mind, it means that the thought wasn't there at the moment. Jeremiah had to put the thought there. And he goes on to say this, Our emotions, they don't have brains. Our emotions can't think. Our emotions can't show faith. We have to think for them. And we have to show them faith. I'm going to share with the church that I serve that there was a time when my son was in the hospital and I was really, really worried about him, as any parent would be. And he was young. He was a child. And there were times when I would call to mind God's goodness. There were times when I just couldn't do it. I was just so despairing. But I remember one day feeling incredibly helpless and just walking the halls of the children's hospital where we lived. And I found the chapel and just went and sat in the chapel. And I looked at the cross and I looked at the communion table And I called to mind the sacrifice that God had made for me in Christ. I called to mind the promises of God. You see, a lot of us spend our time telling God about our worries. What Jeremiah does is he tells his worries about God. I mean, let that sink in for a minute. When you're going through these times of despair, and it's good that we're honest with God, don't sit around and tell God about your worries. But eventually, tell your worries and your anxieties about God. You see, Jeremiah goes on to say, God wants us ultimately to flourish in life. Verse 24 of that same chapter 3, The Lord is my portion, therefore I have hope in Him. The word portion in the Hebrew language was used for the people to, used to describe the allotment of land for people that they would inherit. And so Jeremiah is saying, okay, there's no land here. There's nothing for me to inherit The Babylonians have taken it all, so God is my inheritance. God is my portion of all the earthly things I can inherit. I have something far superior. I have the living God in my life. And then later in verse 32, he says, God will eventually make everything right. Verse 32, though he causes grief, he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. This is what God is doing in your world right now. You know, I don't think Jeremiah was just thinking about eternity. I think Jeremiah was believing that God would do his compassionate work on the earth as well. God's ultimate desire is for you and me to flourish in life. Some time ago, there was a hurricane in North Carolina. It hit Wilmington, Hurricane Florence. I think it killed like five people. Terrible. And homes were utterly destroyed. And I read about crews of people who would go to Wilmington and rebuild homes. And I just love that image of something that had been entirely wrecked and destroyed being rebuilt. 
God uses his people to rebuild wrecked lives in this world, to rebuild property that has been destroyed. And God also rebuilds our lives because God wants us to flourish. He cares about the here and now. And I want to give you one more hook. And this is the biggie. How do we know that God has love and grace and mercy for us? When we call that to mind, how do we know that it's true? When we try to call that to mind and we're thinking, but it's still dark, it's still gray, I'm feeling low, I'm feeling tired, I want you to consider Jesus in the context of Lamentation chapter 3. And just let that sink in for just a second. All the things we've read about Jeremiah, consider Jesus in Jeremiah's place. You can hear me turning my Bible right now. Lamentations chapter 3. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. In other words, I've been exiled. God's people have been exiled. Consider that Jesus was exiled. He did not count being equal with God as something to be grasped. He emptied himself, became a human being, and lived among us. Jesus was exiled, just like the people of God in Jeremiah. Also we read in verse 11, he has turned, my, turned aside my ways and torn me into pieces. In other words, God, God mangled him. His body was mangled. Jesus' body was mangled. Verse 15, he has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drink wormwood. Remember the story of Jesus on the cross. The sponge with the bitter vinegar on it was fed to him. You see, Jesus endured the first 20 verses of Lamentations so that you and I can enjoy verses 21 through 33. And so let that be our comfort in life. You know, that just like we say there are signs of spring out there if we just look for them, the truth is there are also signs of God's goodness and love out there. We've got to train our eye to look for it. So if you're feeling like you're going through this uh, time of despair, remember to call to mind the goodness of God, and to remember that God wants you to flourish. Again, my name is Sean Barkley. You can learn more about the church I serve at crestviewchurch.com. Have a terrific week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye now.